Welcome back, everybody, to a brand new episode of the Movies and Brews podcast, where we talk movies and we drink some brews. I'm Jordan, and staring at me through the screen here is the original Ducky, Daniel. Hello, although hello. Te- although technically, I think you were born after this movie. Uh, yes, I was. <laughs> By a few years. <laughs> yeah, like eight. <laughs> All right. Why don't you tell everybody what we're watching today, Daniel? Yeah, today we decided to watch two movies that John Hughes had a heavy hand in, one he wrote, one he directed. So we're talking Pretty in Pink and also Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. So grab that drink, sit back, relax, and let's talk some 80s movies. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, Daniel, before we start here, what are you drinking on your end? So I just have what was in the fridge, which is Fresh Squeezed Deschutes IPA. Oh, awesome. I'm also drinking Deschutes. I've got their new Neon Daydream Hazy Ale, and it's pretty good. Well, very nice. I had that one a few weeks ago. It's pretty good. Yeah, I liked it. It's a good summer beer. Okay, well, why don't we get started here, Daniel? Um, Yeah, what do you got for movie news this week? Oof. Oh, there's some sad news, at least uh, with a director that passed. A director passed? Yeah. Ooh. Joel Schumacher. Joel? Oh, really? Yeah, died at 80. I think he had cancer, they said. But yes, he died at 80. I did not realize that he died. I hadn't heard anything about that. Yeah, just a couple days ago. But yeah, well, that is too bad yeah i mean he had some pretty decent movies he wasn't my favorite of directors but he had some decent ones yeah like batman and robin hey you know if it weren't for that one we wouldn't have gotten the uh chris nolan trilogy that's the way i look at it that's true because <laughs> they were like oh, okay we need to go a completely different direction now <laughs> yeah well we also had another notable death which was uh actor ian holm who paid Bilbo Baggins in Lord of the Rings died. Yeah, I heard about that as well. Yeah, that's too bad. Which he would die at 88. Yeah, he had uh, quite the resume too. Um, I mean, he was in The Fifth Element, which I love him as the priest in that movie. There's another one I'm trying to think of that he was in that... Uh, oh, I, I just remembered. I, I, okay, so I never put two and two together ever. I think it's because in Lord of the Rings, he's way older, and I think they even make it do a lot of makeup to make him look older than he actually is. Mm-hmm. But I never knew till just recently that he was the first android in the first Alien movie. Yeah, I didn't realize that until I uh, heard about it a couple days ago, or well, a few days ago when he actually died. And I saw people posting pictures. I'm like, oh shit, that's him. I, I ne- yeah, I, I didn't realize. I, I saw him. something like Star from Lord of the Rings and Alien, and I'm like, Alien? Who was he an Alien? So I looked it up and I'm like, Oh my gosh, he was the android. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. So yeah, it's too bad. Great actor. He's in a lot of lot of good stuff. Okay, and then so now getting that out of the way. Let's go to some happier news. Yeah. Okay. Well, so far I got that Guillermo del Toro is making a stop motion Pinocchio movie. Oh, that'd be cool. And they added Ian McGregor as Jiminy Cricket. Nice. Uh, And then in more movie news, obviously, Kristen Stewart is cast to play Princess Diana in a biopic. Really? The biopic's going to be directed by Pablo Larin. That'd be cool. Which I thought was interesting. I'm like, yeah, actually, like a side-by-side, like she does actually kind of look like Princess Diana. Yeah. See, see, I've never seen her acting in anything too serious. I've seen her do a couple comedies, and I've never watched Twilight, so. You haven't? Nope. And then I, there are a couple movies that got rescheduled. Kingsman came out with a new trailer, and it announced that it was coming out on September 18th. Sweet. And Wonder Woman... 1984 got a new release date which is in October it looks like they put it in October I think it's first week of October in of this year 
cool. October 2nd. Yep. Oh, sweet. So it's still coming this year, just a lot later than expected. I'm looking forward to going back to the theater because, man, miss it. And oh. yeah, I really hope our Academy Theater opens here soon, even if it had half capacity. It'd be really cool if they just, even if they just played classic films, like they could have a Lord of the Ring marathon. They could literally like simultaneously have each Lord of the Ring movie going and play them twice a day. Yeah. I'd eventually That'd go see cool all three of them. Be badass. That would be pretty sweet. Excuse me. So excited. All right, Daniel. Well, is that it for movie news this week? That is all I have for movie news. Cool. Well, there's some good stuff coming. I mean, hopefully, I mean, we're supposed to see theaters opening up here very soon. Uh, I've heard end of June, which is now. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Cinemark, I think, and I think AMC. We're supposed to start seeing something happen. I think so. Still kind of just getting shuffled around yeah. up in the air. <laughs> well, hopefully soon. All right, so let's move on here, and uh, let's talk about some other films we saw this week. So I've only got uh, one that I saw in addition to our two others. Okay, I actually don't have any other movies that I watched besides the two this week. Okay, well, I'll go ahead and talk about mine. So I sat down and watched, I haven't finished it yet, I got one more episode to go, but I watched the first three out of four episodes of the docu-series Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich on Netflix. Oh yeah, how is it? It's pretty crazy. Like in some ways, I'm almost just speechless at this point. I haven't really taken it all in quite yet. I'm just more just like, wow, at the most part. I mean, it, it's just kind of crazy. I think what boggles my mind the most though is, I mean, this guy's well rich and can literally have pretty much any woman on the planet he wants, and yet he. Uh, chooses to go for the little bit younger crowd yeah i'm like you can even draw the line at 18 and technically still be in the uh legal department but he chooses to go just a couple of years below that line and i'm not sure why i mean again i think it's all just a built-in thrill of it all i mean this guy kind of he kind of re- reminds me he's kind of the uh stat- statutory rapist of uh you know version of ted bundy good looking you know great um you know just with his charming and skills yeah good i never what he, good at what he does alcohol. but yeah whereas ted bunny went off and uh, decided to murder people he's gone off and uh yeah i had to do some not make some not so great choices yeah probably actually <laughs> it's pretty easy to say no actually not good choices at all <laughs> well it's just i guess i just didn't know anything about this guy really until the latest charges were put against him a couple years ago where he actually got arrested before he killed himself. Right. Yeah. I, again, I just knew nothing about him until he was in the news. Yeah. That's the thing. I haven't watched the docuseries and I know a little bit more about him, but like when it's new, when that news started to hit a couple years ago, yeah, I'm just like, okay. So some, he was just some super fucking rich guy that uh, was having sex with underage girls. And that's all I knew. Like, oh. all right. So I guess as far as this documentary goes, it's very well made. Uh, they, there's you know, great uh, voiceover work. There's just you know, things where they just take the camera out there and just record all kinds of things like city landscapes and stuff while people are talking over. You got interviews with survivors just to kind of like put together the story. I mean, there's still so much that you don't see, but you do just get a lot of information. I mean, it's a lot to take in. Uh, there's one more episode to go so i'm not sure how it's all gonna end but yeah it's just uh, it's so crazy but yeah jeffrey epstein filthy rich streaming on netflix and i need to check that one out sounds like take it out an episode at a time though yeah that's what i kind of doing after an hour i'm just like okay i need to go watch something happier now yeah, like, a little bit of a cleanse yeah exactly yep that's that makes sense uh, watch some fresh prince of bel-air now <laughs> Laugh there a little. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I watched this week. So you've got nothing. Well then, why don't we move on here, Daniel? Then and let's get into our movies here. Mm-hmm. 
Should we just go in the order of release? Yeah, we'll do Pretty in Pink first. Pretty in Pink first and Plans next. So yeah, that's actually what I watched first. I watched this last night with my roommate and she had never, no, she had seen it, just not for a long, long time. I had seen part of it probably, gosh, 15 years ago. Just hanging out with people and we watched part of it. Uh, I don't know if it just got turned off or what, I don't remember. But I didn't really count that as having watched the movie. Right. So yeah, this is basically my first time watching this. And yeah, I got to say, uh, I liked it quite a bit, actually. I thought it was really well made. You know, it feels like a John Hughes film where, you know, you're kind of getting to the psyche of the uh, teenager a little bit there. Yeah. But, no, yeah. It did. yeah, I I was actually, it took me back a little bit because I'm like, you know, it automatically coming since the Brat Pack movie, or at least I think it's considered one of the Brat Pack movies. But I'm, since I'd never seen it, I'm like, oh man, this is going to be like, it's good, like, it's good or as a breakfast club, like, you know that's the closest comparison. So I was actually expecting like a second breakfast club, just from what I've heard about pretty in pink, essentially. Right. So I realized like, Oh, this is kind of like a whole different thing. Still takes place in high school, but it's a whole different set, whole different like characters. So after I stopped comparing it to breakfast club, I started enjoying it a lot more. Really. Yeah. I wasn't comparing it at all. I, I guess I just didn't know what to expect. So I just sat back and started watching. So I guess we should say, Written by John Hughes, who wrote and directed 16 Candles and Breakfast Club, but directed by Howard uh, Dooch, I think that's how you say his last name, mm-hmm. starring Molly Ringwald, John Cryer, Andrew McCarthy, James Spader, very young James Spader, um, Andrew Dice Clay, Annie Potts, and Harry Dean Stanton. Some of the bigger names in the movie here. Yeah. But yeah. Molly Ringwald, who I think turned 18 right before this was released. So she's been working for the last couple of years doing John Hughes things. And she was kind of like the uh, go-to it girl as far as teenagers go. Yeah. And but is she supposed to be a senior in this movie? I think they're supposed to be seniors. Yeah, I think it was their senior prom and everything like that. Okay. I, that's what I got towards the beginning of the movie. But there were a couple like lines that made me made it sound like she wasn't a senior. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure, so I thought I'd ask. Uh, I could be wrong, but I guess I just under the impression that, that it was their senior year. Right. So I guess the quick plot synopsis. So a poor girl must choose between the affections of dating her childhood friend or a rich but sensitive playboy. <laughs> I like how they add that to it. Rich but sensitive playboy. Rich and sensitive. Like, oh my. Oh That's my. That's a package. All right, give me two seconds here. I'm going to close a drape real quick on the deck so the sun's not beating down on me. One sec. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. The sun was changing positions and just started frying me. So where were we? Pretty in pink. But yes, I, I enjoyed this quite a bit, though. I just had a good time just sitting back and just taking it all in. Uh, I love the poster, too, where it's like a black and white photo, but except for a pink dress is in color. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, Great. I think they made it, I think they're uh, making it purposely kind of look like an album cover. Which yeah, would remind uh, me which I think they really do a good job at that, because that's exactly what it looks like. Makes me think of Wham. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun side characters in this movie. Uh, I mean, the whole cast was great. I loved Annie Potts as her friend in the record store, her employer. Uh, well, I think they're just co-workers. I don't think she's employed by her. Uh, yeah, no, she works at the record store. Yeah, I think they're just co-workers. Oh, yeah. She's got that, what, what is that famous line? Oh, shoot, she, after she puts the record on the ceiling? All right, oh. all right, no. Not all right, all right, all right. What did she say? I oh, don't sh- remember. Ah, crap. Supposed to be a, oh. oh, that's a fail on both her ends, Daniel. Because I, I swear I've heard that line, like, reference in other things, like Family Guy or Simpsons or something. Well, I've heard that, yeah, I've heard the line referenced before. Like, but I didn't know. I'm like, I remember thinking when that happened, I'm like, is this where that line comes from? That's right. Exactly what I was thinking. It's okay. You just keep going. I'll find it. Anyway, I'm a, so as far as casting goes, John Cryer is Ducky. I thought it was just perfect casting. I heard a young Robert Downey Jr. almost got the role. But I got to say, John Cryer nailed it. I thought he was brilliant in the ducky role. He just, he had so many great lines, so many great moments. He was charming, and it was, it was just great. 
when we see him um, in his, you know, at the end in his uh, tuxedo, or I guess not really tuxedo, but in his suit for the prom, I just thought it was like, oh yeah, that's definitely something Taka would wear. Yeah, no, I uh, I liked, well, I, I liked his performance. I found like what the character was actually doing and how he's acting kind of annoying at times. But overall, I thought he, like, the guy did a good job. He, like, definitely, I don't know, he makes that character very memorable. Oh, for sure, for <laughs> sure. wait, John Cryer, is that the guy from Two and a Half Men? Two and a Half Men, yeah. Holy shit. Okay, I didn't realize that until just now. Yep, that's him. Older, I, love, I love to see him outside the, uh, when he's trying to get in the club, and Andrew Dice Clay is the bouncer. I thought that was just great. Yeah, that was pretty funny. I also just love it. It's like, oh, why do you keep coming here if you know I'm not going to let you in? Why does she keep coming here if she knows I'm not going to let you in? Think about that. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I mean, I guess overall, you know, it's a love triangle. She's got to choose between, you know, this kid that loves me since childhood or this new guy that I'm kind of taking affectionate to. Um, yeah, what, what did you think of the whole love triangle? Well, that's the thing. Like, I was thinking about that. I'm like, it doesn't feel like a love triangle when I was watching. Because I'm like, she obviously doesn't. Th- it never once came across to me that uh, Andy thought of Ducky as anything other than a friend. It does feel like that, yeah. So when he's like, yeah, I just have a huge crush on my friend. I'm like, yeah, I get that. But then at the same time, when he's getting like super set. Like I thought you would eventually notice me. I'm just like, dude, she's not once has indicated that she likes you in any other capacity, at least from my point of view. So I thought it was kind of weird. Cause like you said, yeah, it doesn't feel like a love triangle. She feels like she likes the guy and the guy is just not happy because he's not choosing her. That's kind of what it is. I mean, it, it sounds like maybe she's, I get the impression she's lonely and like maybe it doesn't work out with uh, Blaine here that I will go for Ducky cause Ducky does like me. But she really does want to, you know, go with Blaine. And I like and how he, I like how she doesn't like fall for him instantly. I mean, she kind of does at first, but how she isn't just like, oh my god, just take me, take me, take me. I just, I want to be yours, yours, yours. Like when they go to the that house party, and she's seeing all his friends and how they behave, she's kind of like, hmm, eh, I don't know about this. And then it gets the impression, oh, you just want to go upstairs and have sex with me. I get it. Yeah, which also, I mean that gave way to like some funny i mean he made me laugh when he stuck his hands in his box like look they're not gonna leave and he picks up a six pack below with his elbow then he puts a bag of chips in his mouth that was hilarious i thought that was funny but yeah no it is true it's nice that he's like not oh i swooped in knocked her off her feet just like um you're you know they they make a lot of preconceived they they make a point of mentioning that she's very like poor and he's obviously super rich, so she just doesn't think that that could work. Mm-hmm. Just because they come from two different worlds, which is always kind of a fun little thing to play with. But I think they do it really well here, because, yeah, she doesn't fall from. She's like feels completely out of place in the party. It's not like she's like, oh, my God, this is amazing. I'm finally with the cool kid. She's like, oh, I don't belong here. And your friends obviously don't want me here. So why would I be here? Especially James Spader's character, man, what a, Steph, what a douche. Oh, I know, just a spoiled-ass rich kid. Who's obviously, yeah, not had to work for anything in his life. And just, I, I love, deal, oh man, I love all the kids smoking in this. I'm like, man, that would never happen nowadays in a movie. No, I know. That's one of the things, like, yeah, you could smoke on screen. I think you should be able to smoke. Free the cigarette, man. Just relax. But, um, yeah, no, I like the party scene. And I kind of like, I do, I mean, that whole section of the movie is probably like my favorite part from the beginning of the day to the end of the day, you know? Well, I do like, it's like, let's just, you know, let's get out of here. Let's go do something else. Like, I don't care. Like, whatever you want to do. Yeah. He just wants to, you know, he wants to flee. They're like, hey, we don't have to stay at this party. Let's just, let's ditch it and go somewhere else. Right. Yeah. I also like how she admires that house all this time and finally gets to go in it. And then the, that party with obnoxious people is her first impression of it. I know, which is exactly what she said, too. She said, in the movie, I remember she's like, I bet the people inside, inside it don't think it's half as pretty as I do. And they definitely don't. They're like, yeah, this is my fucking house. This is like the, the umpteenth time that I've trashed it for a party while my parents were out of town. 
<laughs> yeah. Maybe the parents appreciate it, which we never meet them, but definitely, um, Steph definitely doesn't give two fucks. He's just like, yeah, whatever. This is where I grew up. Cool. Exactly. So I do like that. I mean, yeah, like even going as far as like, look, I'll even take you. I was like, I want to go home, but I don't want you to take me home. It takes him a while to really understand what she's telling him. Took me a little while too, because at first I was like, oh, come on. He's, I think he really does mean like a good gesture. Like, I don't think he wants to go home and try to bang it or anything. I think he generally just wants to take you home so you don't have to walk or take the bus. Like I really thought he was being genuine. I'm like, why doesn't she want him to take her home? I guess she's upset about the party and stuff, but come on. And then when she finally does break down and reveal, like, I don't want you to know where I live. I'm like, okay, yeah, no, yeah, I can see that. Yeah, I know, because I just thought like, he doesn't, he doesn't understand. He's like, no, I'll take you. I'm like, I'm not going to leave you at the tracks. It's dangerous. You're like, oh, oh, which, you know, like, I still think, like, yeah, it shows, like, it actually does a good job of, like, building to his character, even though he eventually does make a mistake later in the movie, kind mm-hmm. of, like, rejecting her, because it, I mean, it, Which, that was a great moment. It comes off the sushi, but I'm like, at the same time, like, yeah. No, I just, I really like that moment too, because, like, even though they do end up getting together at the end, you know, it's just, but it does show, like, you know, peer pressure, like, in the 80s, but, but I mean, peer pressure is continuous throughout. Just in general, like, any yeah, there's always peer pressure of some kind. So, yeah, you make, you get pressured by your friends because it's all you know, and they're the only ones that you, go to for advice and they're like yeah get rid of her so you get rid of her but it's like yeah it it did a good job of just like yeah he made a mistake but he they it was still like you still felt empathy empathy for him because like he's even crying after she like barges away yeah no i thought that i thought that scene was just great i loved it um let's talk a little bit about i love another part thing i love was the relationship between andy and her dad jack i really enjoyed watching those two together on screen yeah so her dad's obviously just falling into depression no, her, her mother left them she, he's falling into depression probably a little bit of alcoholism and can't really hold a job or isn't trying to get a better job at least is what i was under the impression of yeah same it sounded it felt like to me like yeah he was just drinking at night and then sleeping in way late in the morning yeah, it sounded like he was still semi-responsible-ish at all, but, like, not doing better, not as doing as good as he could be doing. Right. But, yeah, like you said, just sleeping in. <laughs> I do like how they she comes in that in the first time we see them interact, comes in, talks to him, and then she leaves. He lays down. She comes immediately back in. Get up. <laughs> like, I'm going. I'm up. I'm up. You know, and obviously the movie, like, especially with that prime example makes it seem like she's the parent and he's the child mm-hmm. you, need, you know guidance I, what do you I still to- as far as a, a father daughter moments go i thought there were some pretty good ones between them um just yeah like him appreciating her work with putting clothes together and stuff like that um her skills skill level for that uh of course their their scene in the living room where she, she's talking about like you know you you gotta move on past mom like she left us you know what finally he gets her like but i love her she's like yeah but she doesn't love us anymore and just that whole moment was just like oh yeah dude that one hit me like a, a brick i was very like taken back i'm like oh i wasn't expecting something like this oh, oh so and good like, oh yeah so comedies good. used to have heart too yeah which is you know it was yeah that was a great moment like i would say that's like that moment in the moment, like they have, or wait, no, I think that's the same moment where he brings back the, uh, yeah, no, that's, that is when they have that moment. It's when he brings her the dress. He's like, I bought this. I thought maybe you could do something with it. Mm-hmm. So I forgot that is the exact same scene that all happens at once. But yeah, that's a, I love that moment. I like, thought it was really cool, really interesting. Like really just like, I don't know, it shows a struggle. Yeah. There's, and I mean, it's kind of life. There's going to be some drama. There's going to be some laughs. That's just life. And I think John Hughes does a really good job, you know, especially just getting into the minds and hearts of teenagers in general. He's got that, he had that skill back in the day. And yeah, yeah I, I don't know, just some really good key moments in that movie like that. Uh, one of my favorite scenes, though, if you want to go back to the humor side of things, was Ducky's dance scene in the record store. Oh, yeah. Hilarious. I thought that was, 
Yeah, I thought that was really fun too. And what, what was her name? Iona was the record lady who like either managed or owned the record store. I think she owned it, right? Uh, I don't know. Not sure. But uh, I don't know. I just thought it was funny. She's just like, who the fuck is this like weirdo that you hang out with? You know, I just, I thought like her interaction with Ducky was really funny because she's just kind of like, what's, well, they're both like, what's happening? But she's like, this is the, this is a really, really weird guy. Yeah. Well, I love too uh, when Andy is talking to Blaine and he's in the back and he sets off the alarm. Yeah. Multiple times. I thought that was pretty funny. Just a minute. (laughs) Yeah. And one of my favorite lines in the movie is from Ducky when he's like, what, Blaine? That's not a name. That's a major appliance. <laughs> yeah. I think that's really the only line I wrote down that I'm just like, I don't know why, but that, that one really makes me laugh. Like, it was, no, it was good. Yeah. I, I, I laughed out loud at that one. Yeah, I watched this with one of my roommates. So it it kind of helped watching with somebody else to be able to laugh with someone. But yeah, we laughed out loud a lot at different parts. Um, yeah, so I got Ducky's dance scene that was hilarious. I, I do love when he's like, I'm not going to drive or like right by your, your house anymore. Oh yeah, yeah. Or when he was really, yeah, when he was really drunk and talking to Iona, he's just like, "What's your address? I'll ride by it sometime." <laughs> I like, to, what does he say? He's like, "No way, I like older women," and she's like, "Because they change your diaper." <laughs> yeah, that was a great burn. <laughs> he was like, "Touche." I know, Ducky. Ducky gets uh dunked on quite a bit in this movie i love when they toss him into the girls bathroom at high school that was hilarious i this is what the girls bathroom looks like well they make doors on their stalls i was cringing so hard at that part that part was just like dude shut the fuck up and just leave like so i thought it was hilarious out the door this is what it's like (laughs) he's like wow you've got a candy machine in here Oh yeah, I thought he said like you have a can like a soda dispenser or something. But yeah, a candy machine. I thought that was hilarious. Oh, so good. I'm just like, oh my god. Yeah, I mean it's a little cringe, but he's also just making the best of an awkward situation. <laughs> I don't I, know. I think the best I, of it would be like, sorry, and just walk away. <laughs> yeah, I think most people would have. I still like how he's like, wow, you got doors on the stalls? Whoa. That's crazy. It's just so much nicer in here than it is in the boys' room. <laughs> But why don't we, I guess, talk the ending here a little bit before we move on, because uh, yeah, I think we're almost 20 minutes with this one. Okay. Uh, I got, so the, there's actually two endings that John Hughes shot. He originally shot, I guess, well, you know. John Hughes didn't direct the movie. Well, wrote, wrote, yeah, wrote, sorry. <laughs> I know. He was That's still okay. writing and produced the whole thing. But uh, so, you know, spoiler alert. I think all our flat throwback movies are spoilers, but yes, spoiler alert here, we're gonna talk the ending. So, great moments here too. Her and Blaine have had their fight. Andy goes to the prom anyway by herself. She thinks, you know what? I'm just gonna go in anyway. Yeah, I'm just gonna do it. I'm just gonna go in. And I love too, somebody asked her, why are you gonna do that? She goes, I just want them to know they didn't break me. Yeah. That was another one of those moments, like, oh, so good. Yeah, no, that was really good. So she goes, and then, yeah, sees Ducky in his great suit. I loved his suit. He looked great. And I, I just love how she's like, you know what? I'll be with my friends. Screw it. Be with my friend. And so I guess, you know, it looks like, all right, well, she's ended up with Ducky, who's liked her all along. I guess they test all the I guess they tested the movie audiences, and test audiences did not like that ending at all. They're like, no, she needs to end up with Blaine. So they went back and reshot the ending where she does end up with Blaine out there in the parking lot. Okay, you know what? That's actually really interesting to hear because I didn't know that, but for a while, like the movie definitely feels like it's like gearing up to her and Ducky ending up together at the end. Right, which I think you would almost think is typical. Yeah, well, that's the thing. I'm just like... That's the thing. I was actually getting kind of mad. I'm like, she's not gonna end up with Ducky. This should not be how the movie goes. Like, I was getting kind of mad. I'm like, no fucking way. No, she can't end up with Ducky. I don't see that as something that should happen. So it is kind of interesting. Like, yeah, I would have been one of those test audience. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, I'm just like, Ducky essentially stalks you and just kind of is obsessed with you. 
but still being your friend all at the same time. Just like, this is a bit much. Yeah. For as far as like having a crush on your best friend goes. Well, what I think was the great turning point, though, in this whole thing was not her running out on Ducky, was Ducky being the one to encourage her to go after uh, Blaine. Yeah. That was pretty good. I, yeah. To have, yeah, him just like, you know what, go, you know what, go be with him. I get it. Yeah. You know, and so, yeah, I definitely like the new ending a lot better. Like, Well, one thing John Hughes commented on is, you know, he didn't want to look like, like, they're setting example like you know what rich people and poor people can never be in love he didn't want that to, you know the audience leave that kind of impression that's good yeah i mean if you're yeah, good I, thought, I definitely thought there'd be like you know they kiss in the park a lot i thought there'd be some more moments after that than freeze frame fade to black pretty in pink great yeah, soundtrack no, okay. too i love the soundtrack um of course, I didn't. I didn't know if you leave. I think that was the first time we ever heard that song was in this movie. Great song though. It's the one they play while the prom's going on. Okay. If you leave. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I know what you're talking about now. I don't recognize the name of any of the songs, but I recognize a lot of the songs. <laughs> Great song though. I listened to it on, last night when I went on a walk in in, in the dark. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, I did. I'm glad they went with the the alternate ending for sure. I think I would have been like, "Dude, this movie fucking sucked. That ending ruined it for me." If that was how the movie was. Ending. Yeah, great movie till the very end. Well, thank you, test audiences. You got us a brand new ending that worked out better. Exactly. Thank you. This is why they test these things. I love how, uh, real quick, how Steph. Wears basically a suit to school. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. I know. She looks like a businesswoman. No, no, Steph. Oh, wait. Oh, the bitchy James, one? James Spader, yeah. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. And I, I love Iona in this movie, too. Just how she's always got the different wigs on. I think that's hilarious. Her hair, when we first see her, just spiked out every direction. I think it's awesome. Yeah. But did you know that Annie Potts, who plays her, is also the voice of Bo Peep in Toy Story? I did not know that. That's crazy. True story. Awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. Well, let's wrap it up here and move on to some planes, trains, and automobiles. I give this movie straight up A+. A plus. I thought it was great. Uh, they just don't make good teenage movies like this anymore, at least that I see. Maybe I'm just... Yeah, I probably see trailers for them like, eh, teenage stuff. Not interested. Yeah, like so this probably, can be. They probably still make them, is what I'm saying. I just don't go see them anymore. Yeah, probably. Every once in a while, you hear of like a a good teen movie that came out, but I don't know. Like, I do like this movie a lot. Like, it's got a lot to offer for everybody. You know, it's. I feel like actually. Well, no, I think even if you were like a younger, like a teenager, you could still appreciate the movie. If you watched it, but I think definitely as you get older, you're just like, oh yeah, this hits hard because you got a lot of real world conflict going on with like regular ass high school bullshit. <laughs> I think that what makes a good teen movie. And they, yeah, they don't make teen movies like this anymore. Usually they're just raunchy sex comedies and that's it. Yeah. So I guess uh, John Hughes uh, wrote this and within like a, just a couple weeks of each other is what I read. All right, he wrote it in it, like wrote the first draft in a couple of weeks. Is what I'm saying. Damn. I was like, damn, that's crazy. I mean, still wrote, rewrite to rewrite, but first draft in two weeks. It's like, like, wow, what have you done lately? Yeah. Right. How many weeks have we been in quarantine? How many movies did we write? Mm. Right. I know. When are we gonna write a movie? Uh, I'm not gonna write a movie. <laughs> I know. Write something awesome. <laughs> Loves it. Oh, here's a. Bouncer, loves a bitch. Duck loves a bitch. Tis a bitch. All right. Well, we're ready to move on to the second John Hughes movie that he actually directed. Yes. Let's move on here, Daniel, and let's talk some planes, trains, and automobiles. Flintstones. Meet the Flintstones. <laughs> okay. So, I feel like this is one of our parents' favorite movies, or at least our dad's comedy-wise favorites, 
and somehow never seen it. I did not know that this was dad, one of Dad's favorite movies. Um, I'm, pr- I'm pretty yeah, sure I've never it is. Seen it either. And yet, yeah, neither one of us is somehow. Signed. Our dad didn't do a good job as far as like, oh man, I can't wait to introduce my kids to the. Like, I got a whole laundry list of movies I'm going to introduce my kids to that I can't wait. Oh yeah. Our dad he did, did. I mean, he did Star Wars and. Not for me. I had to go ask him about Star Wars. So when else is looking at, I remember having a conversation once and somebody's like, how have you never seen Star Wars? I'm like, seen it? I don't even know what it is. What's Star Wars? Yeah, and I was in like sixth grade. Jesus, Jordan. I know. I think that four, five years latest, you're like, especially nowadays, you're like, okay, here's Star Wars. I know Trevor's son, Cooper's not even two, and he's already seen Star Wars, at least one of them. Anyway, but yes, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, written and directed by John Hughes, starring Steve Martin and John Candy. And yeah, I, I gotta say, yeah, never seen it. Thought it was hilarious. I, the chemistry between them is just perfect. And yeah, I, I think it was, you could, I don't think they could have cast it better than these two. Yeah, no, I really, yeah, I agree. The, it's very funny to see Steve Martin play like the straight character mm-hmm. against John Candy being the goofy like one that just things work out for and the only one that's getting punished is Steve Martin, which, or uh, yeah, his character Neil and Dale, which, yeah, no, I had a lot <laughs> of time. There were some good moments or a few, like again, a good comedy that had some good heartfelt moments in it. And I really liked it. And I wrote down like all these characters that I recognized from other things. Yeah, I mean... Should we talk about that one cameo in the beginning that was amazing that I had no idea was going to pop up? I know. I was just like, why is Kevin Bacon here? Well, I was like, Kevin Bacon's in this? Awesome! And it just turned out to be a cameo of him yeah, and just Steve Martin trying to chase thing. the same cab. It was so great, though. But to back up just a little bit, I was laughing at the very opening scene when the uh, you know, the guy's, the owner is looking at the different um, not displays, uh, just art, was it artwork for the cover like magazine? For the cover. And just the back and forth between him, like, hmm, hmm, hmm. Then it'd go back to one of the uh, people at the end of the desk, just watching, like leaning, everyone, everyone is just leaning forward, like, yeah, yeah, can, can, can we go, can we go? <laughs> just that opening scene was hilarious. And then, yeah, you got him like, you know, cause we know he's got to catch a, catch a plane. <laughs> just to cut to him and Kevin Bacon running around trying to catch a taxi and after the same uh, so funny I know that's hilarious and I do like he's like after an hour of him sitting there and we're all just sitting there in silence he just decides that we'll reconvene next week are you kidding me Which so I, funny that was really funny and then yeah the whole like chase to get a taxi was pretty great so I didn't notice this before, but because um, they look, he looks down at a, after after uh, John Candy's character, uh, Dell grabs the uh, taxi. You know, when him and the other guy are arguing, he, he's trying to pay the other guy off for the taxi. Right. Um, he's looking at a puddle, and there's two rings in it. And I didn't realize what those were. I was like, huh, I wonder what those are, and why? Why is? Why are they showing us this? Then later, it all comes around. They were shower curtain rings in the oh i never even realized that yeah <laughs> i did not i did not realize that that's pretty funny though what a business to be in though what do you do i sell shower curtain rings to people yeah why not i'm in the shower curtain ring business <laughs> i mean that business has got to be no matter what you're selling probably almost 100 percent profit oh yeah <laughs> but uh, if I, just, I just love those, you know, it's just one thing after another, you know, obviously it's all where we follow Neil and Dell, they end up together and traveling together throughout all this. Neil's very annoyed, annoyed by Dell and just keeps trying to break away from him and they keep ending up together till, you know, the very end and everything. And I got to say, this is probably one of my favorite types of like, I don't know, like buddy comedies, but like bro movies of some, if you were, is... But I like this kind where we start. They start out not liking each other, and through time, come to appreciate each other. Like classic example, Buzz and Woody from Toy Story. Woody yeah. hated Buzz, and then they loved each other by the end of the movie. 
And then yeah. we see their relationship grow and grow throughout the trilogy. And pretty great, great yeah, pretty great comparison because yeah, it also has like kind of the same character. Like essentially, they don't like each other, but they need each other to accomplish their common goal. Yep. And that's exactly what happens in this one. So they kind of just stick it out and they keep getting separated, but they keep getting back together because they eventually realize they need each other. Well, what were a couple of your favorite yeah. scenes? Well, let's okay. talk about maybe the first third of the movie first. Oh, favorite scenes in the beginning of the movie? I just love the taxi chasing down scene with him and Kevin Bacon. I thought that was just brilliant. Yeah, the taxi chasing scene is when they first get to... Uh, their flight gets like changed and they land, land in Wichita. I just thought like their initial meeting was just like, oh, hey, do I know you? Or no, no, actually, sorry, that was before that. He's like, do I know you? And he's just like, you stole my taxi this morning. He's like, no, I didn't. Hey, you tried to steal my taxi this morning. Yeah. Uh, and I love when they get on the plane and him's dispute with the uh, flight attendant up over first, his first, like, I got a first class ticket. What What do you mean I can't sit first class? Uh, I'm sorry, sir. There's no, he's, you can't. You can't. <laughs> he's just kind of like getting stonewalled. Just like, why not? Because I pretty much said so. But yeah, no, that was hilarious. Yeah, it's just funny to have them keep getting put into the same situations. Yeah, I get put next to him and then he talks his ear off and the other guy next to him is like snoring and coughing in his face <laughs> so know who that is sleeping on his shoulder no it's the same old guy from home alone in the airport scene when kevin's mother is trying to buy out the ticket from that old couple he's the husband oh you like the watch oh i love the watch yeah and the earrings i love the earrings <laughs> yeah okay i didn't notice that i know she's got her own earrings a whole shoebox full of them <laughs> I noticed two people from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, and the I teacher. Noticed, yeah, the teacher and the uh, principal's assistant. Yeah, uh, what is her name? Um, I think it's uh, Eddie, McClure- Eddie McClurg. Yeah, the car rental agent. That's the, uh, that's the lady who's the principal, like the, the secretary for the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I think he's a righteous dude. Yeah. Now she she's hilarious. I guess um if I had to guess back in the eighties, she was basically the Melissa McCarthy of her time. Like I think if Melissa McCarthy was younger, she would have been in these roles. Like I could they she just reminded me of her. Like same kind of style of humor a little bit. No, she just seemed like yeah, she kinda of just seemed like a character actress that went that had a lot to do in the eighties and nineties probably. And what's the teacher's name? I forget the actress. Something Stein, I believe. Same with the guy who's just like Bueller. Bueller, ben yeah. Stein, he, yeah. <laughs> he uses the exact same voice. I think he's like, what, at the train station? Yeah, I know. He's at the airport. He's at the airport, okay. But yeah, he plays a teacher in the show The Wonder Years also. And same, same like monotone voice. It's hilarious. Oh, nice. But yeah, no, I. Let's see what else I wrote down. Da, 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 da. I mean, I just thought it was funny scene after funny scene. I love when they first go, the, the first night they spend the night together when they first walk into the hotel and they're looking around like, huh, one bed. Hmm. Well, shoot. And he, he attempts to go take a shower. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then comes out, John Candy's basically claimed the bed. Turns out they just, yeah, obviously share it. But that was just hilarious. There's so many moments like him smoking in bed to him clearing his sinuses. Oh. I forgot, forgot what the other thing was. If I don't clear my sinuses, I can't. I snore during the night. Yeah, no, I. Yeah, that was really funny. And the great moments there, and you know, when he gets out of bed too, he's like, "F this, I'm getting out of here." And the, you're just the most annoying son of a bitch I've ever met. <laughs> just there, back and forth. There it was great. The guy robbing them, I thought was hilarious. Yeah, no, that was really funny. And no, but before, right before that, like when they have their little argument before they go to bed, I yeah, I think it was before. And you know, John Dell's just like, like you know, what, maybe I talk too much, but you know, what, you know, and he goes through that whole little like monologue. He's like, damn, you know, he's just a guy who's trying to do his best, trying to make the best of a bad situation. You know, like he's like they even say it in the movie, like he's a go with the flow kind of guy. And mm-hmm. then Steve Martin's just like, things aren't going my way at all, so I'm just losing my mind. Yeah. And I thought it was great seeing Steve Martin in this type of role, too. Kind of remind me of, 
like his character from Father of the Bride at times because in that movie he kind of gets uptight and starts acting crazy. That's his famous grocery store scene. Yeah, break down or meltdown in the grocery store. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's I'm sure there's, there's so many there's so many funny moments in this. I mean, they they hit the road again. I love how the train breaks down. I thought that was great. He's trying to you know ditch the John Candy character Dell. He's he's just I just want to get away from this guy. He annoys the crap out of me. And then they just keep ending up together. I mean, especially like in the airplane when he gets denied first class and then they end up sitting next to each other. Like, wow, what a coincidence. Who would have thought? Right. Oh, how about, speaking of that scene, when, when Dell takes his shoes and socks off on the airplane. Oh, God. That would be just <laughs> the fucking worst. Uh, I think what's great about that whole scene is we've all been there at some point or another on a plane where there's just been somebody that's been like, Oh dear God! Or you know, may just say that or think that. Like, oh, seriously? <laughs> We've all met those types on an airplane. Oh yeah, I think so. Cause yeah, it's just that's great. Yeah, it's gross. I mean, like I get it, but also gross. Come on. <laughs> but um... I'm trying to think what else. I mean, obviously, um, the car rental scene. It, I thought it was hilarious when walking and the car is not there that he in the spot that he was given a key to. And just, that's ah, a little freak out moment there. Sliding down the snow, his hat getting smashed by a semi-truck. Oh, yeah. In the slush. <laughs> I know, that I wrote down as like my favorite like little like rant because he fucking just goes off, which, you know, uh, I like how at a customer service, you're like, wow, this guy is treating me like garbage. Fuck this guy. But at the same time, you're like, man, he's gone through a lot. He's just like at his wits end. So you, well, so here's what was a hilarious it. surprise is I just assumed, you know, as we're watching this movie, there's, you haven't heard any like cussing or nothing too bad all throughout. So I'm thinking this is PG, PG 13. I didn't check the rating. All of a sudden, we get to this part and it's just like, F this, F that, F, F, F this, ah, fucking mud this, fuck this, fuck that. And I'm like, oh my gosh. I know that actually I'm glad you brought that up because it also made me think I'm like at that point I'm like what is this movie rating because I just assumed it was like PG or PG-13 because yeah, yeah nothing really overtly sexual or like you know crude happens there's no like nothing. language up until that scene that's and why it just, like totally came out of left field and just got me a surprise but I was laughing so hard <laughs> yeah, so that's probably my favorite like part of the movie so I'm just like saying fucking get me a fucking goddamn fucking car and she's like do you have the receipt no i no, threw it away you're fucked <laughs> yeah, her, yeah the scene ending with her saying that was just oh so funny was like, well you're fucked <laughs> oh so good and then yeah obviously he ends up with john candy and his rental um <laughs> just their whole thing with like the seat adjusting and stuff was hilarious like what I got a bad back, you know. Only a couple of positions feel good. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, that was when, when he get when uh, know, Dell's driving gets going his down arm the wrong stuck. side of the highway. I do like that's one of my favorite parts of the, the people are like, hey, they're going down the wrong side. They're like, roll down the window. You're couple, going yeah. the wrong way. Well, how do they know? They don't know where we're going. Probably drunk. Yeah, yeah, they're probably just a couple of drunks. I know, like, you're going the wrong way. What? Two semi-cars? Oh, and I do love the car, like, goes in between both these semi-cars. It's scraping on both sides, and then it, like, just flashes to them as skeletons. That was awesome. That got me. I was laughing a lot. Totally felt like a Home Alone there for a second, or Home Alone 2. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, that moment was just great. And, yeah, the ropes get destroyed, so they get when they sign the price to get just thrown his um his trunk gets thrown in the air that's great and then they're just taking a break sitting all of a sudden cars on fire what i love is you know it's on fire it's like well they're gonna be on foot from now on carrying this trunk then we see them pull up to the that uh, motel with the car almost yeah still driving just totally toasted i thought that was hilarious i know that's what i thought too i'm like oh well that's gone but yeah it added to the comedy when they show up in like a melted car that was hilarious yeah i'm trying to think of what other things well then and that's that's kind of when they you know that that night in the hotels when they have their moment there where they kind of 
start becoming friends and Steve Martin's uh, Neil starts um, appreciating Dell a little more and you know they kind of just have a good moment there yeah. <laughs> followed by the next morning when he reverses into the motel smashing the window in and it's like go 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 just go go let's get out of here let's just do this <laughs> so great I mean they didn't play with the credit card how are they going to chase him they paid with cash and a watch yep there's and, no way they can find and out. And I doubt there's as much surveillance back then. So, yep, off they go. And for all we know, the license plate melted and everything. So, who knows? Yeah, probably. I, I do love the scene later when they're on the freeway and the cop pulls them over. And that whole conversation between Dell and the cop was hilarious. I know. My favorite is just like, uh, how far is it going? 86. Oh, well, yeah. That I mean, like I said, I can't really tell. But you, your sensor's probably better than mine. I mean, <laughs> my, mine's all my, melted. Uh, Mine's a little melted, you know, but the radio still works. Imagine that, you know. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. So yeah, that that back and forth. He's just like, I'm gonna impound the car. <laughs> so funny. No, that was that was a great scene. Oh man, okay. So I did write down a couple of my favorite lines. Okay. One of them happened earlier in the movie when they were having like their first big argument, and Neil's just you know like telling it like ripping on his stories like nothing you say is interesting and you tell me all these stories that have no point and all that stuff that's kind of like the lead up he's like yeah honey i'd like you to meet dell he's got some amazing antidotes for you oh and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out you'll thank me you'll thank me for it (laughs) i just just fucking i that line made me laugh so hard i was like oh fuck brutal but accurate <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I'm, trying, I'm trying to blank on so many lines. There, there were some good lines all throughout here. I'm trying to think of some really good ones here. Maybe I'll pull them up on IMDb here and get, refresh my memory a little here. Well, then one of my other favorite lines. I think it was after the train breaks down, and then they get a ride in the back of the truck by these like hillbillies. Billies. Just like, oh, let her grab it. She's strong. She's like, first baby came out sideways. She didn't scream or nothing. And I'm just like. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right. It's like, okay, um, weird. Uh, <laughs> I just thought that was fucking hilarious. Like, she's so strong. The baby came out back or sideways. And she didn't scream or nothing. Like, <laughs> so one thing I read up on that's funny about that scene is uh, John Hughes wanted to get a good reaction out of a Steve Martin. So knowing Steve Martin was a little bit of a germaphobe, he had the, uh, the guy playing the truck driver spit in his hand and shake his hand with saliva in it and Steve Martin without Steve Martin knowing so his reaction to that is what they use in the film that's hilarious because I, I know so I'm just like oh gross he just wipes his fucking spit in his hand and gives him a handshake I'm just like Ugh. yeah that made me cringe because I'm like oh god that's disgusting oof I'm looking for some funny lines here. I know, those were just like the two lines that I wrote down that made me laugh the hardest. <laughs> I liked his, his wife. You shared a room with a stranger? Are you crazy? Not yet, but I'm getting there. Yeah, that was great. Not yet, but I'm getting there. Oh, man. Oh, it's not really like a line per se, but like when... Like his, when you go through like the montage of him trying to, Dell trying to make some money to get them to their next part of their adventure. So he's selling these shower curtains as earrings and like the weird little sale pitches he gives to everybody I thought was hilarious. Mm-hmm. They're all wearing them like earrings. Yeah. All those girls. Hey, you, you, they're making it look 19. Sold. Yeah, exactly. That was, that's actually the line that made me laugh the hardest out of all that montage. And they all just kind of like reach out their hands like, give them to me. Oh, here's one when they're on the uh, bus and he's watching the two make out. He's like, why don't you take a picture? It'll last longer. And Dell goes, ha, you just got busted. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> I do like when he, uh, Neil starts singing his song and nobody knows what it is. So Dell starts singing the Flintstones theme song and everyone starts singing along together. Yeah, I was looking at that and I'm like, yeah, everybody in the world probably knew his theme song when this came out, but I had no idea. Like, I have no idea what the lyrics to the Flintstones theme song is. Really? Yeah, I never watched it. You've never seen the Flintstones? No. It was oh, not really, like, a big deal when I was a kid. 
it wasn't really on. Well, it wasn't on when I was a kid either, but I saw them. I know, Classic. but I feel, like, I feel like you were closer to when they would just rerun the hell out of them. Call me old? Yeah, probably. Ten years older than me. Jeez. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk about the doobie taxi. Oh, the red taxi? Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the people that I wrote down because the guy who drives the taxi is the the grouchy downstairs neighbor and friends. Yep, yep, same guy. And I was like, oh, he looks kind of normal here. He just looks like he's some guy. So funny. But yeah, no, I thought that was hilarious. And I'm just like the tricked out taxi that he drives. And when he gets to the motel, it just lowers to the ground. <laughs> yeah. Hydraulics go down. Yeah, looking at some trivia here. John Candy and Steve Martin say this is their favorite films. Awesome. That's pretty great. Was the house the same house as Home Alone that Steve Martin lived in? It was not. Um, it looks similar, really similar. similar design, like with the brickwork and everything. Um, yeah. I actually read up that they are, they're both in uh, with Illinois, but two towns over. Okay, so just like more of a style of the time. More of a style of the time. But yeah, I love that style, though. I think it's a really cool style. It's not my favorite, most, like my absolute favorite go-to for style, but I still love it. Okay. Well, yeah, I noticed that I wrote down, like, is that the same house? Because it did look really similar, but I'm like, it does have some key differences, though. Yeah, okay. the uh, it's not as big in the front, and the garage is different. Like, in Home Alone, the garage sits detached a little bit further back behind the house. Yeah. I think this one was just, was attached, but the front was still a little different. It's a smaller house, similar design, but smaller house. Okay. Did you see the end credit scene? No. No? Oh, no. shit. So there's an end credit scene that is hilarious. So you remember the uh, the boss guy from the meeting in the very beginning of the movie? Yes. He's sitting there in his office, still staring at photos, just looking at him quietly, just doing his thing like he was doing at the beginning, with Thanksgiving dinner sitting next to him. <laughs> Full turkey and everything. That's pretty funny. No, no dialogue, just him looking and looking with Thanksgiving. It was pretty funny. Just trying to figure it out. Yep. So, yeah. Well, I guess that does that wrap up Plane, Trains, and Automobiles? Yeah, that's overall, it overall, I thought this was a pretty funny movie. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It was just funny watching them, you know, especially, you know, um, Neil just being so annoyed at the beginning. I was like, oh, my gosh, can we just – can I just ditch you, please? Why do I keep running into you? This is driving me nuts for them to come together at the end and be buddies. You know, when he, when he introduces his wife, like, honey, I'd like to meet my friend here. I mean, that was kind of like, oh. Yeah, that was nice. I don't know, yeah. Uh, overall, like, it's a fun, goofy movie. It has that nice heart to it as well. Like, mm -hmm. it won't make you, it probably won't make you cry, but, you know, it, it feels good. It's a nice, feel-good comedy. No, I, I think a, a comedy with a little bit of heart goes a long way makes yeah. it a better movie in general exactly and it just it helps it age better too oh definitely yeah i'm just trying to think if there's any other scenes i don't know before we wrap up here i mean I talked about pretty much all my favorite ones i think overall my favorite moments were them in the rental car just everything happening when they were just in that confined space from going the wrong direction to the seat adjusting to catching on fire I just thought it was great. Just, just, just seeing it melted and them still driving it later was so funny. Yeah, that was that was pretty great. But yeah, everything involving that car just cracked me up. I love the car, and favorite scene still the uh, inside the rental car agency. That was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, what did I read? That that was a one minute long scene or of dialogue with him. Just uh, I think he said the f word eighteen times in it. Yeah. That that wouldn't surprise me. He says it a lot. Yeah, like you had a PG thirteen rating on your hand until you did that. Yep. Again, I just love how it caught me completely off by surprise. See too, because at first I thought I was watching just a PG movie. Exactly. And all of a sudden he's just like, "F this, f that." I'm like, "What? What?" <laughs> all right. Well, let's wrap it up here. That concludes two John Hugh written movies. And one. Pink. And planes, trains, and automobiles.
Woo. All right, Daniel. Where can our audience find us? Excuse me. They can find us online on movies underscore brews on Instagram and Twitter. Let us know what you think about John Hughes movies. Love them, hate them, overrated, underrated, who knows? Let us know what you think of planes, trains, and automobiles, and pretty in pink. All right. Well, thanks everyone for downloading the podcast. Thanks for sharing with friends. And we'll talk to you next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers. Cheers.